This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Welcome to another episode of At The Bar. It's your host, Miss Jane here, and I hope our time together helps educate, encourage or empower you in your dance studio owner journey. Today's podcast is brought to you by my April group workshop. And it's called Data Driven Decisions. <laughs> As always, it will be a live training. We're holding it on Tuesday, the April 26th. Um, if you cannot join us on that day, I understand and I can send the recording within 24 hours. I'll be unpacking how I collect, collate, and use data to help me. Um, make decisions around what's going on in my business. To grab your seat, head to the link in my bio of my Instagram profile, which you can find at Dance Studio Success or follow the link in show notes. Now let's get into today's show. Hello, everybody. Miss Jane here. Now, Stick with me because I know this doesn't sound like a very exciting topic. <laughs> Data. Ooh, sexy. Um, and that you would probably much prefer if I talked about super fun things like dance camps or a formal for your senior students. Guess what? They're coming too, but not today. Mm -mm. Today we're talking about data. Lucky us. But all jokes aside, I am actually super excited for this ex um, episode because I'm a nerd <laughs> and, I, and I love data and I love um, one of my strengths is strategy and I think part of that may be analysis of data. So I really like looking at the stories numbers can tell you. And I think if my year nine maths teacher heard me say that sentence, they would laugh so hard. <laughs> Jane likes numbers. Yes, apparently Jane does. Listen, we have so many decisions to make as dance studio owners. It can get overwhelming. Just as leaders, basically, of any business or an organisation, there are going to be times that you fall into decision fatigue. You know, you just think, I don't actually care anymore. If somebody else could make that decision, that would be really great. 
thanks. Um, you know, I, you get home and the kids are like, what's for tea? And you're like, well, basically anything I don't have to think about, you know, just one less decision. And when I'm, I'm thinking of this, you know, I think of, of Steve Jobs who famously wore the same thing to work every day for I don't know how long because that meant he could just have his turtlenecks all lined up in a row and off he went. Um, personally think it's taking it a little bit too far, <laughs> but there are other things you can do rather than just wear the same thing every day to reduce your decision fatigue. And the good news is, after that really overtly long intro, I'm here to tell you what those things are. So I um, this doesn't really have to add to your workload. This is something, what I'm going to talk about now is something that you can get assistance with if you have an administrative person um, or a manager. If you don't, if, if you are a solopreneur, then um, that's absolutely fine too. You... This will take, you know, maybe an hour a month, but what it does is really just helps you gather the things that tell you a story. I want you to imagine, now you're going to like this one, I want you to imagine that you are on an island, a lovely tropical island, and you're having uh, a little bit of a sabbatical from your business, but not you don't want to not think about it at all. You really want to, to touch base once a week and know how it's performing and maybe make some suggestions for some slight little tweaks and turns. So what you do, you don't have any Wi-Fi and you don't have your, your mobile phone. But what you do have is a boat that comes in on Fridays and brings supplies. And with it comes this scorecard. And on the scorecard are some key numbers, some key data. And each week you can look at that scorecard and you can know pretty well how your business is performing right right there and then and you can also if you you want to be extra fancy you can compare it to this time last year's scorecard and see how it is um, and we're going to loop back to that uh, in in a minute but you're sitting there you're looking at the scorecard and you can say yep things are going well or Meh, maybe not so much so that's how this works doesn't that sound good did I have you at tropical island we can sit and have some mojitos together. Um, I think that sounds good. Anyway, this is what happens in my business without the tropical island or the cocktails, sadly. But I get the key data. It comes across my desk and I sit and I analyze it. And I might then talk about the data with my customer relationship manager and nut some things out or my studio manager or Brian, who is a co-director. And what it does is it creates conversations and helps make decisions. Now, um, I just want to loop back to that little um, mention of comparing it to last year. <laughs> that would be 2021, and I don't really want to do that. <laughs> and comparing it, I mean, um, you know, when you start doing your taxes and things for the last couple of years, you're like, oof, that hurts. So um, unfortunately, that little blip, that's what we're going to call it, 
that little blip of 2020 and 2021 has um, interrupted my kind of data patterns. So I'm really no longer, when I look back at this time last year, I'm really no longer comparing apples with apples. I'm comparing apples with pears. And so you do just have to be careful um, when using data that you, you're making sure your variables are not too variable. <laughs> Anyway, um, think of it like um, my my little fam, they love to play mini golf. So um, <laughs> very badly, it would seem. But anyway, they love to play mini golf and I'm always the scorer. And there's a reason for that, because if any of my children are the scorer, they start to skew the data. They might just add a little extra couple to their brother or sister over there, or they might just not add in their three for, you know, um, whole four. They might just, just leave that off accidentally, of course. I mean, they wouldn't cheat on purpose. Um, so I am the person that keeps score. And obviously at the end of that, we can see who's had a good game and who hasn't, but the data is only as good as, you know, the, the scorecard is only as good as the data you put in. So if you've got fake data, you're going to get fake stories. And it is very easy to skew the data if you look at it and you don't like what you see. You can manipulate it, but all that is doing is lying to yourself. And if you remember, we're looking at these numbers so that we can get an accurate picture and know what to do. This is trying to reduce um, the anxiety or complexity around making decisions because we've got so many of them, we want to make that process as easy as possible. So if my children were playing mini golf and there was no scorecard, they would get to the end inevitably and say, well, who won? And I'd be like, um, well, I lost track at some point, but, you know, Alana seemed to be doing quite well at the beginning, but went off the rails at the end. You know, I actually wouldn't be able to tell them. <laughs> I would make it up. Um, so we need the scorecard and we need accurate data. And if you have goals, then it is likely that they're going to be both qualitative, as in you're measuring um, the quality of how you do something and you will also be measuring the um they will also be quantitative so you will be measuring the quantity um that is something i want to talk about in a little bit more detail but just to give you some real life examples we have a vision story um and i've i've coached on this before, how to, how to have a vision story that's going to lead us through to the end of 2024. Now, part of the goals in that vision story is that our capacity here at the studio is that we are 90% full. Our capacity is at 90%, 90% of the time. So that's now an organisational goal. That's not just for me to deal with. That's an organisational goal. But for us to reach that, we need to keep that number front of mind. And we also need to remember that everybody is responsible for that. So it's no good us saying we want 90% capacity 90% of the time 
if one of our teachers has really bad retention and is losing students as fast as we're getting them. And so if I'm keeping scorecards uh, along with, if you joined me for um, March's Hello Accountability Workshop, it's been one of my most um, requested trainings. And that's good because it really is one of the most powerful things you can do to level up your business. Um, then you would know that holding people accountable is, is part of what we need to do to increase business performance. But also we need the data to do that. So these two things are kind of hand in glove. Um, and also if I'm saying to my team, our goal is 90% capacity, 90% of the time, well, they need to know how we're traveling. You know, what, what is it at the moment? And what can we do to increase that? And look, you know, one of you have had three new students and converted them all. And look how that's increased the, the um, capacity percent. Fantastic. Now, a weekly scorecard, you can go crazy on this. You could gather data on absolutely everything. But what's going to happen is you're going to get really busy gathering data and um, it potentially could become quite overwhelming. And we don't want that. It's not like you're looking for another thing to do. So you don't want to gather absolutely every piece of data. What you want to do is Think of like, what are the key indicators that are going to show me how healthy my business is? Um, you know, what, what is the health check that I can do on my studio and, and how is it performing? If somebody asked me, do I know these numbers? So here's some questions for you and you can give yourself a little bit of a health check. I just took the dog to the vet this morning and he got his little health check, which I think is why I'm thinking of it, you know, Let's, let's tick off a couple of things. Do you know how many students are currently enrolled and how that compares to this time last year? Um, we get very stuck on student numbers, don't we, as dance studio owners? How many students have you got? How many students have you got? To be honest, that's the least important number to me, depending on the others. But I know it's the first one everybody asks. So there we go. It's done. <laughs> What about um, how your wages are? What is your current wage spend? And as a percent of um, what you're spending, you know, of what your revenue is and then what you're spending on wages, what is that percent? Are you spending over 20% of your revenue on wages? Because if you are, um, that's pretty common. Wages are definitely... You know, the, the, well, for us, really, the, the biggest thing that we were going to be spending money on aside from rent, but rent is second to that. But do you know that number? Whatever it is, whether it's 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, do you know that number? And do you know how you're performing in regards to other years? Do you know what your profit margin is? Because sometimes we get really hooked on um, revenue. And we go, oh, we're $100,000 up from this time last year. It's just when you look at data, you have to look at all the data. If you then go, oh, we're, we're $120,000 up on wages than this time last year, not so great. 
So um, that you know, that's a question. Do you know what your your profit margin is overall? Do you know what you're spending on wages? Do you know how many students have inquired? in the last week? How many of those converted to a trial? How many of those trials converted to an enrolment? And better yet, do you know which teachers are converting those trials? Because if you've got 10 new students trialing and um, they were across two different teachers and one teacher converted five of them and the other teacher converted two, well, automatically can you see how that data tells a story that data tells you the story that teacher one who converted all five is fantastic (laughs) so make sure that you tell them and thank them and it also shows me that teacher two might need to go in and sit in on teachers one's next trial and really look at the way they interact with the parent or the way they integrate a new student, Um, you know, or there might be some other training that they haven't done and so they, they don't know any better, so they can't do any better. But when you look at those numbers, it's like a little siren has gone off and it's just gone bing, 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 attention required here. And so that you're not left wondering what's going well and what's not in terms of the performance of the business, but also the performance of your people. And it will tell you where to put your attention. I love this about the numbers. Not that I know you're not looking for things to do, but you need to put your attention and your time and your skills where you're going to move the needle the most, where you're going to make the most impact. And certainly, let's just kick on with that example. If you've got a teacher that's only converting two out of their five inquiries, then you are going to be wasting money because you're spending a lot of money in marketing and a lot of time in marketing to get those new students and you're not converting them. And so you've got a leak. So it doesn't matter how hard or how good your social media pages are um, with its call to actions and its your special offers or whatever you've got going on, if then when you get into the classroom, you've got a leak. So just a couple of examples there. Those ones are really the, the most obvious ones. If you're engaging somebody to manage your social media, then you're going to want to give them some numbers. Really, um, everybody should have a number. Everybody, and again, let's flip back to the hello accountability. Everybody should have something they're accountable for. Every team member should have a number. So for our teachers, we've we've just talked about that. We've talked about, well, how well they convert. Um, On the other end of that, we would look at retention. And I have had times where, for whatever reason, I've had teachers at the other end, you know, there's a little bit of churn happening. We get to the end of each term and there's a little bit of churn. And when I look at the numbers, I can see, thankfully, uh, you know, when I'm thinking of a particular scenario that's happened in, in my business history, Thankfully, it was isolated to one teacher. So we didn't have a huge problem. We had a problem. (laughs) We did have a problem. I'm not going to lie. But it wasn't across the board. It's not like I had to retrain all my team or look at our programs or, right? We weren't broken, broken. 
but we had a little crack. And that crack, unfortunately, was one of the teachers who'd, who'd kind of lost their mojo, lost their way a little for all sorts of reasons. And they were churning through the, the kids and therefore undermining the organisational goal of 90% capacity 90% of the time. So, um, you know, I had to hold them accountable. I coached them and mentored them and um, put a time frame on it, which is what I coach all my dance studio owners to do in this situation. And I couldn't, I couldn't get an increase in performance there. And so I did have to let them go because otherwise we were all working really just to support that person who wasn't supporting the team. Um, look, also you would be looking at your your profit and loss numbers um so so your your financials don't get caught up in that revenue revenue is not all that fantastic by itself it's a silo i know i've mentioned that and i mentioned that because as many of you know my dance studio was much bigger um 10 years ago i've been working since Oh, no, maybe not that long, since um, maybe six years um, to to bring it down from its, you know, close to a 1,000 students. Um, and I keep, I used to have eight branches. And, you know, if we just looked at the numbers, the numbers of students I had, the numbers of staff I had, the number of um money coming in just the numbers the revenue I had then I would look like a failure now <laughs> um, but that is only half the story my profit margins are better now than then my stress levels are better now than then um, in this situation it was a hundred percent the case of less is not necessarily, uh, sorry, more is not necessarily better, you know, less is more type thing um, because it's it's easier for me to manage and um, it's just a tighter ship. It's easier to turn around. It takes less time to, to make changes. Um, there's less problems in terms of managing people because there's less people. Anyway, we are completely getting off the subject here. Very unlike me, I fully know. <laughs> um, so I, I went on that tangent, on that rant, because everybody should have a number. So um, I started to talk about social media. If you employ somebody to be to do your social media, then how do you know if they're doing it well? Do you say we want a post every day? Okay, well, there's a number. So you're going to say, I want 30 unique posts a month on our social media pages. Well, that's, that's fine. That's kind of the, the quantity number. But if you're not then seeing an improvement or an increase in your engagement on those social media pages or maybe even how many followers, followers are, are a little bit like, Revenue, a little bit of a superficial number. You know, you can have all the followers you like. You can buy them. <laughs> you can buy them. They're not always going to convert to sales. So it's a bit of a, a vanity vanity um, number. But at the same time, if you're paying someone to increase your social media, that's their job, then you are going to want to hold them accountable for how many 
followers did we have this time last month? How many do we have now? How many sales are coming directly from social media? How many of those sales last month? And how is that comparing to now? What percent of, see how I've got lots of questions more than answers. What percent, um, you know, do we have in terms of how many sales per followers? We might have 3,000 followers and only 1% of our new business is coming from social media, yet we're paying a lot of money to make sure we've got all of those posts and things. Then we look at, well, where are the rest of our clients coming from? This is coming up on your report. Well, uh, um, 60% are referrals and, and word of mouth. All right. We're paying all of this money for our social media presence, getting 1%. We're getting 60% from word of mouth. So maybe uh, we need to move some of that marketing spend that we're doing on that social media person and, and move it over to really continuing to nurture um, the families that we do have, as well as to acknowledge in some way through a gift or some kind of financial kickback or acknowledgement, those people that are referring us because they that's where our new business is coming from. Would we be better just kind of dabbling over there in social media and really putting some time or a, a person on managing customer relations and keeping that in a really positive way? So they are all hypothetical questions, right? But when people come to me with questions as their coach, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? I'm like, you're just asking my opinion. I can't tell you what to do, but your numbers can. And so whenever you're making a tricky decision, look at the numbers first, do some analysis, and I think you'll find that decisions will become easier. Now, I want to put a little kind of plus one on this because there is that, there is that, there is the data, and it is, generally speaking, much more about quantity. It's the quantitative data. But we live in a world <laughs> that is not always black and white, right? So we have this colourful world that can be a little bit more subjective, and we're talking about quality, um, and that's your qualitative data. And this is where values get really handy to help you make decisions. So over on the left, we've got looking at the data. And over on the right, we've got looking at your values. Now, I'm not going to go on and on about that in this episode because we're coming to the end of our time together. But I just want to put that there and remind you that when decisions are hard, bring it back to your values both personally and professionally, if the data itself doesn't tell you exactly what to do and you're still confused, then mix it with a side serve of your values. Have a look there. And I think you will find that the decision gets made easier. So, um, yeah, that's about it. There are, of course, scorecards and, and templates and things the, the risk is to over-engineer this and, and make this another job, but really what you want is a one, one A4 piece of paper that tells you, gives you an exact snapshot of what is going on 
in the business at any time so that when the boat comes in on that that tropical island you can say hey wages are up what's going on there why are, why are our wages so high this week or um, that class number looks a little bit low can we combine that class with another one or blah 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 all right so the scorecard is a game changer if you want to learn more about that I will be um, sharing a template and also talking about the different ways you can easily implement this strategy into your studio in the April coaching call. So follow the links um, to the show notes or come on over and join me on Instagram at Dance Studio Success and we can chat some more. Thank you for your time. See, I told you it wasn't going to be too boring and I'm sorry if I nerded out a bit, um, but it's it's cool. It's cool. And I wanted to share it with you. Anyway, hope you're doing well. Really appreciate your company as always. And until next time, I'll see you at the bar. Bye for now. Today, I've talked about using data to help provide clarity around the millions of daily decisions you have to make each day. If you would like to learn more about this, because of course, this was just the tip of the iceberg and receive the scorecard templates that I use, I invite you to join my Data-Driven Decisions Workshop on Tuesday, April 26. As always, if you cannot attend live, I do send the recording within 24 hours. So simply head to the link in my bio at Dance Studio Success to reserve your seat. I'd love to see you there. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 